We would like to thank our sponsor, Island Savings. Island Savings, a division of member-owned cooperative First West Credit Union, provides banking, borrowing, and investment services for residents and businesses across Vancouver Island and the Southern Gulf Islands. Island Savings brings innovative products, an extensive branch network, and local decision-making to the banking experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Business Matters presented by Island Savings, a division of First West Credit Union. I'm your host, Rob Capello. Today, uh, we're diving into the world of electric vehicles with two industry leaders, Julian Sale, the founder of Motorized Electric Vehicles, and Glenn Gary, the president of the Victoria Electric Vehicle Association. That's a mouthful. Uh, thanks for joining me today, guys. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Yeah, looking forward to this. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for having us. No problem. So in this episode, we're going to explore a little bit of your guys' journey to where you are today, some challenges and opportunities you see in the electric vehicle market. And then um, we're going to talk a whole bunch whole bunch of other things as well. So I'll tell people to buckle up and let's get started. So uh, Glenn, we're going to start with you. Um, so why don't you tell us about the Victoria Electric Vehicle Association, what it is, what the role you play within the market and in, in, in what your role is? Well, uh, we're a... Uh nonprofit uh, organization under the BC Societies Act. Okay. Uh, we primarily do things, uh, our whole our whole mission is education of the public. Hmm. So we do a lot of outreach, um, both uh, in media, uh, written form and uh, events where we put the public in uh, EVs and give them that first EV rush. <laughs> uh, we also have uh, research teams, which kind of inform uh, how we look at things and how we think about things, and then we also engage uh, government at all three uh, all three levels and uh, try and give them the the actual owner citizen taxpayer point of view on on how they can achieve their goals uh, by you know bringing in more electric vehicles into the into the market and uh, into people's homes. So, how long has this association been around for? Uh, we started in 2011 as the Victoria Leaf Club. Mm. A few years went by, some more cars came onto the market. It went to Victoria EV Club, and in 2016, we became an association. Interesting. Awesome. Well, thank you. So, uh, Julian, so I was reading a little bit of your history, and I see that you started your journey in the automotive world at a young age. You worked at a motorcycle shop. I'm curious, like, what was it what was it about that experience that really sort of ignited your passion for vehicles and i would say specifically more electric vehicles so how did that transition start for you well it has been an interesting journey uh for <laughs> sure i i started out yeah i started off in the motorcycle industry and uh, and i had lots of fun building uh relationships with customers around their motor vehicles because people are pretty passionate about the stuff that they own and drive and whatnot and uh, and i really enjoyed the relationship building aspect and uh, you know, watching watching families grow and and buy unit after unit after unit, and I thought to myself, well, I either like own my own motorcycle shop, which would have been an awful idea, or just go into automotive sales because uh, you know I just figured it would be a, a long lasting venue that would I, I would be able to carve out my little niche in, and so I started doing um, hybrid stuff back in two thousand eight, and you couldn't really get EVs back then. Right. But uh, before too long, EVs did kind of hit the mainstream. We started to dabble in them in 2011. And uh, by the time 2016 rolled around, there was enough inventory available in the used market that I didn't have to sell hybrids anymore. So uh, we just sort of stuck with EVs from then on. So it's interesting, you launched, I think, during a recession. Um, oh, yeah. 
so challenging times for many. So what drove me to take that risk and go, I'm going to do it. I don't care if it's special. I'm still going to go ahead and do it. Well, I knew that if I was going to start a business that's so capital intensive and would take so much time to grow, um, it, I would I would not be able to get the business started when times are rocking. So I thought, you know what, I'll start small. I'll work two jobs if I have to, uh, but I'll just start at the ground level and work from there and slowly build the business. So starting in the recession was a great time to do it. Interesting. Interesting. And, That's and you know, Julian's too uh, modest to say it, but he is Canada's longest surviving EV, uh, previously loved EV dealership. Uh, many have uh, sprung up and passed on and he's still here. And that was one of the things because there, there's not a lot of them out there. That's why I was curious. Like I know, and um, I was trying to see who else out there is doing what you're doing. There's not a lot of, not a lot of only EV ones that I see. So. Yeah, there have been a few. There was uh, all EV on the East Coast, but they got right. bought up by a big gas uh, franchise place, uh, Steel Auto Group. They all got all their uh, stores got shut down. I think there's a couple in Ontario, but they started later and they're just focusing on Tesla, really. Right. And right. there's been, um, yeah, one in Calgary that's gone. And I don't know, they, they, they come and go, but nobody sticks around. Interesting. So Glenn, I'm curious about your career path a little bit as well, just like I was talking to Julian. So I see, you know, you went from, I think, the Royal Canadian Navy to your current role as president at the uh, association. How did you transition, like, how did you get into this electric vehicle space? Uh, it was mainly, um, uh, I spent a career uh, that kept me pretty engaged uh, mentally. And uh, you kind of retire and you kind of go, huh, <laughs> now what? Yeah. And, and I ran into these guys and uh, I liked the mission they were on. And uh, one of the past presidents, uh, I was bugging him about uh, about getting more engaged at the government level. And he said, OK, smart guy, tag, you're it. <laughs> and the rest is history, as they say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah interesting. Um, Julian, I'm curious. Um, and I would say this is probably a misnomer in the electric vehicle industry, but people think that it's they're too expensive or they're luxury or or it's the the technology is not there yet. So I'm curious, how would you address some of those comments? So you you've probably heard them all. So that maybe around more more mainly around I say affordability or or accessibility when it comes to say for the average consumer. Well, it's a it's a great question because we, we do get people that that have thought something or had a had an idea in their head for many many years, but don't don't really understand how much the the, the technology has changed, how much pricing has changed, availability has changed, and whatnot. So, for example, we, we see different uh, different groups of clientele approaching us over time. And in the very beginning, like 2011 through 2013, you had your environmentalists, your accountants, and uh, the people who were making changes for social reasons. It's right. like this is. So, so you had these big groups of small groups of people actually that were really motivated by one or two specific factors, but now EVs are super duper mainstream. You don't have to spend forty five thousand dollars to get a Nissan Leaf anymore. You can get a Leaf for like six thousand nine hundred dollars. We have used high mileage Leafs for. So, I would say that anybody who's got uh, you know something holding them back on their transition to EVs and they think they're not ready yet, best thing to do is just contact your favorite dealer and start asking questions or go to the go to the EV association and say, listen, I, I'm new to this. Where do we start? And then people will find out that what they read on Facebook and what they read on, uh, you know, these little funny news snippets that pop up don't actually have anything to do with reality. It's like, 
you know, how much does an EV cost? Usually after I have a, a half hour discussion with somebody or even a 10 or 15 minute discussion with somebody who hasn't shopped for EVs before, they finish the conversation going, wow, I had it all wrong. I had no idea. I'm so glad we had this talk. I think I'm going to buy one next week. You know, like, so I, it's just like getting information. It's, it's no different than anything else. If I was buying a new hot water tank, I'd probably want to ask a lot of questions about what's on the market, what's the best right. way to go before I just run out and buy the same old thing. You know? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And thank you for that. Um, Glenn, um, your time at the association, what are some initiatives that you're most proud of? Like, have you probably seen a lot of change in this space? And so is Julian, but what are some things that really come to mind for you that you guys have been able to maybe move forward? Uh, well, we have to be kind of careful about that because when we do, we do provide uh, input uh, policy measures and and sort of program things to government. We kind of do that on the down low, because right. um, we're not looking to embarrass anybody. We're looking to move them along the road. Yeah. Um, we've got about probably two dozen, maybe a little more major uh, initiatives since twenty. 18 that we've pushed forward and we've seen about 17 of those get picked up so that's pretty cool uh an early one that uh, i think we could definitely talk about was talking about um governments want to be able to encourage people to get into electric vehicles um so they're using incentives and things like that which is which is great um but we also turned around and said well why don't uh, you and the federal government just waive your taxes on every EV, right? Right. That no matter where it is in in the market, high end, low end, whatever. Right. Um, you know, because because uh, even rich people need a reason to to shift, right? And once they do go EV, they don't ever buy another gasser. So it's it's kind of come to pass. Part we're partway there. We have no PST on used EVs. So and it doesn't matter what price that EV is. So if there's a $120,000 Model X sitting on a lot somewhere, you'll not pay PST on it. And and, and that's a win from the province's point of view and the federal government's point of view, because that's a, that's cheap dollars getting a high emitting vehicle off the road. Right. Well, that and it all takes, like you said, it's all, all the work that goes behind the scenes that maybe people don't see um that that come to uh resolutions like you're just saying which is great on that same line julian i'm curious like you work with victoria ev association you'd be a leader in this space like how important are associations like the victoria ev association in order to you know in that community engagement to promote electric vehicles like with all like you said the mis misinformation that's out there well, we're actually pretty lucky to have the Victoria EV Association because they are known to be probably among the most active in Canada as far as uh, just advocacy and uh, knowledge and membership and whatnot. So the Vic EV Association has been a really good resource for consumers, businesses and uh, government agencies uh, in order to get relevant and timely information when it's needed most. So I would say the Victoria EV Association has been critical in helping Victoria become uh, an epicenter for EVs and clean transportation within Canada. Thank you. And in Glenn, you've been, you know, in your various roles um, requires strong leadership. If I look at your past, I've just been a lot of roles where you need leadership. And how does that translate into coming into an association like the Victoria EV Association, especially when it comes to promoting sustainable energy and 
and I could imagine all the stuff that goes behind the scenes. Like, how does that, how does that skill translate into what you're doing now? Uh, not at all. Does it? Uh, <laughs> and, and, and it is stricken because it, it's not required. You, you've got a, a highly motiv- motivated bunch of people. Uh, we select board members because we want them to work like, <laughs> like horses. Uh, they got to come in, they got to work. They have to be well motivated because we don't pay. Uh, we're, we're EV advocates which means we don't get paid. We're not lobbyists. Right, right. Nobody uh, paying a half million dollars when we drop one of our, you know, 20 page reports on government. Right. And in fact, we, 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 uh, we avoid money from pretty much anyone other than individuals uh, strictly maintain that sort of independence. But uh, you don't need to do a whole lot of leadership uh, when people are motivated. Uh, we sit down, we talk, uh, hey, here's the direction we think we need to go. Here's, here's how we can uh, further the mission. And we go to it. Uh, there, there's, there's no whips. There's, there's no uh, charge over the top. It's, it's, it's really collegial, very, very flat sort of a, of a leadership model. Interesting. Thank you. Um, Julian, you've been involved and you've seen, you said you started at hybrid and now, you know, you're, you're, I'll say 100% EV. Um, when two things when did that switch happen like when did you see that that the switch happen and then what are some advancements or developments that are happening right now that you know people should be aware of when it comes to the ev vehicles uh great question the shift for me didn't necessarily happen when vehicle technology changed or anything it happened for our store sorry about that i got a phone ringing in the background but I think for me and, and motorized, the, the shift to pure EVs came when there was enough inventory available. Um, so when EV sales started off, the, the unit sales were very, very low. So it's like, even if I wanted to have 50 used EVs in stock, I, I just couldn't get them. I mean, there was a time when there weren't 50 used EVs in BC right. until I'd sold 50 EVs. Right. Um, so yeah, it, it took a while to get going. But by the time uh, 2016 rolled around, we had had enough new EV sales and enough imports from the US in order to make for a good wholesale inventory. So I could always find the inventory I was looking for, not always, but mostly, and offer you know good, good vehicles at compelling prices to consumers. But probably the biggest change uh, has been pricing. Um, you know, you've heard uh, Tesla and Elon Musk comment that the goal is to uh, in, in, like, uh, you gotta get everything cheap if you want everybody to buy it. And the only way to make EVs cheap is to produce them in really, really big volume. And so there's one player, which is Tesla, who's really working hard to increase volume of production. And that's forcing all the other automakers to uh, basically change their manufacturing techniques so that they can compete on price scale with Tesla. And so there's a fundamental shift in the way automotives, uh, automotive products are built and manufactured and designed. And Tesla is responsible for making that change. And they're they're holding all the other uh, automotive manufacturers accountable in that if they want to compete and stay alive, they have to compete with Tesla. And that means changing everything, which means making cheaper EVs. So that is really the, the, the game changer is the cost and accessibility of modern electric vehicles. Thanks to Tesla mainly. Yeah. Um, and the questions for maybe for both of you, but then we'll start with you is what's what we talked about pricing. But what's one common misconception about electric vehicles that you like to debunk? What's something that you hear all the time that you feel is maybe not reality? And some things that come to mind to me, you know, or, you know, I can't get from here to Calgary. I can't get from here to somewhere. And I mean, you know, like, so maybe that's something around that sort of thing. But what are some things that come to mind maybe for you that, you you know, that we can debunk for people? 
Okay, well, let's start with that. Uh, can an EV meet my requirements? Yeah. Um, we have tons of data. Uh, data says 95% of Canadians don't drive any more than 50 kilometers a day. So even a 2010 uh, Nissan Leaf with a grand total of 130 kilometers on the, cl on the uh, battery can do everything you needed to do for the day to day. I lived with one here in Victoria for three years and everything in Victoria is 50 kilometers away. Now you wanna go on a longer trip, that's a bit more of an adventure, but it's still doable. And that's 90 to 95% of all your travel, right? While it's doing that, it's also saving you a hockey sock of money. Average Canadian doing 15,000 kilometers a year in a 10 liter per 100 kilometer car at $2 a liter is spending $3,000 to just push something out of tailpipe that then poisons all their neighbors. So uh, the EV can do that, could do that for about $500 a year. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, uh, it can, it can meet your basic needs. It can, um, you know, save you a hockey sock of money. Um, when we show up at classic car shows, you know, turn around and the, the guys, uh, when we first started showing up at classic car shows, you know, some of the guys with their, you know, 70, 80 grand worth of love into a, into a beautiful, beautiful, you know, 57 Impala or something. Yeah, he looked a little askance at you and then he said, hey, listen, you had one of these little EVs kicking around doing your day to day, you'd have another two or three grand to put into your baby. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, EVs can do everything you want it to do 95% of the time. Interesting. That's awesome. That, that's a good one. How about you, Julian? Is there something else that you must hear at all when people are coming in? Is there something that maybe we can debunk today? People don't, you know, misconception they have about EVs. Well, I think uh, trip planning is a big one. A lot of people are under the impression you can't go anywhere in an EV. Um, but that, that changes really quick as soon as people start to get some basic information, like uh, understanding how big the uh, DC fast charger network is within British Columbia and surrounding provinces. I think uh, a lot of people have been used to reading these little news articles over the years that say, oh, you know, the infrastructure's not here, the batteries don't last. Uh, I hear everything from, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to buy an EV, but I'm worried that I'll have to replace the battery in five years or whatever. And it's like, people don't understand these things come with a battery warranty that's 160 or 180,000 kilometers long. It's like, oh, really? Well, they do. <laughs> and uh, you can fast charge now at Chevron and Petro Canada and Shell and all sorts of other charge providers. A lot of people don't even know that there are gas stations in their own communities, like right around the corner, that have DC fast charging, and uh, some of them are even still free. So it's just I think pe people just need to get educated and get caught up so they understand what the what the current lay of the land is. Uh, here's some useless trivia. I'll ask you: How many gas stations do you think there are in Vancouver proper? Oh, jeez. I'm gonna just throw a number out: 200. It's lower. I'm going to keep you guessing until you get the right number. The city of Vancouver. Um, Just go lower. Go way lower. Way, 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 way lower. 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 Five? Lower. 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 Nine. How about nine? What looks like what looks like a donut? Zero. Yeah, there, there are zero gas stations in the city of Vancouver. Huh. Zero. So when people are like, yeah, you know, I, I'm not sure I'm ready to go to electric. It's like, well, you're going to go to electric no matter what. So you might as well do it now because guess what? Gas is dead. <laughs> so it's like nobody's building new gas stations, right? Right. Like right. Real estate's worth too much. Right. It's just ridiculous. But you can put EV charging on any building. 
So. Anywhere. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. When you wanted to top up there, sorry. Yeah, I just uh, uh, the sort of uh, direct current fast chargers you see for uh, intercity travel. The, as of April 1, there were about uh, just under 240 of them in the province, and that gave you 750 connections. So you want to go somewhere in the province, you can probably do it. Get there. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Um, along that line as well for both of you, is a question for both of you is, what are you? What do you see? Some of the challenges, or maybe, or the opposite, opportunities um, in the Canadian market when it comes to just growth of EVs. Like, wh where do you see opportunities or challenges that are that you think? That, in one of them, I think inventory was one. Julian, you mentioned, but what else is out there? You think that there are challenges or opportunities? Can I grab this one, Glenn? Sure. I think that uh, okay. So I think the the manufacturers have been good at addressing the public's requirements for passenger cars, but we're still missing, uh, you know, vans, cargo vans, uh, airport or shuttle kind of stuff, and uh, the delivery vehicles. Um, pickup trucks have just started to hit the market from Ford and Rivian, and they're certainly selling well. But I think it would be better for the consumers when the prices come down, and prices do come down along with uh, the cost of batteries over time. You know, back in 2010, a kilowatt hour of battery storage for a car was a thousand bucks. Now it's closer to 120. So it's just like uh, everything from microwaves to solar panels, these things get cheaper as they get produced in bigger numbers. And so we're starting to see the trucks come around right around the corner. I don't know if you were at the, uh, the fully charged show in Vancouver, but uh, you could see bright drop electric vans and a few others over there. So now we're gonna see commercial service electric vehicles uh, start to dominate that market and displace the gas stuff. And um, I think as we start to see the full bandwidth of uh, electric vehicles available for all segments of uh, personal and business transportation, we're going to see a much, uh, much cleaner atmosphere as a result. And it's nice to know that uh, the batteries that go into these cars, you know, a lot of people are under the impression they take a lot of CO2 to produce the batteries, which is true, but so do cars and so does producing the fossil fuel that you put in fossil fuel cars. But the nice thing about a battery, any battery electric vehicle, once the minerals are hauled out of the earth to, to make a battery, you get to keep those out of the earth forever. You're not going to burn a battery. You just recycle it and make it into a new battery again. So the whole ecosystem is uh, much, much cleaner than a nice car. Yeah, and, and following on on that, <clears throat> down in the, state, in the States, there's the um, National, National Association for uh, Freight Efficiency. They're doing a test right now. And it's got they've got 15 different companies with EV trucks from class three up to class eight. And they've put their data packages in them. They're collecting data and it's going really, really well. It's uh, it's looking pretty impressive. So you know, you're talking about challenges we used to have. We had four challenges in 2010, the technical challenges and that uh, batteries uh, didn't have a whole lot of energy in them and they cost a lot. That's changed dramatically, as uh, Julian was saying. Um, economic, um, EVs have gone down market and the total cost of operation is less, far less right. for an EV. When you compare uh, uh, an EV to its gas cousin, you know, they're, they're far, far less to operate. Um, political, 2010, there weren't a lot of governments who were uh, really keen on doing very much for it. Since then, they've figured out that in the uh, fight against climate change and getting rid of getting carbon out of the economy, uh, the really cheap way, the getting it, getting EVs and transportation is some of the least expensive ways to do it. So they're all on board now. 
um, but the psychological, uh, the people, right? Um, people who grew up uh, living in a certain uh, way of doing things. Uh, people generally don't like change, you know, until they until they see someone else who's like them who does that. And, and that's kind of what we do. You know, you see, hey, like Bob down the street, he's got an EV. Let's go talk to Bob, right? Or they come out to a uh, one of our events and they 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 see owners. We're not dealers. We don't sell cars, you know. But they see people out there who are just like them, um, doing uh, what they need to do uh, for far less pollution and far less money, you know, on, on the total cost of operations. So, yeah, you know, those those challenges are being met. Right. Today. Interesting. Is there anything new, Glenn, anything upcoming, any new projects, initiatives that listeners should be aware of? Is there anything or even events? Is there anything that uh, that anything that's upcoming? I know, like you said, there was a big event that just happened in Vancouver. But is there anything coming up in the next few months that we should be aware of? Oh, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> we have our AGM, which we're trying to put on sometime in uh, in October. Uh, at, you know, being in a society, we need to do that. Uh, and then after that, we'll 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 be in the Christmas parade as always. Our little uh, tranche of vehicles going through, not uh, not putting uh, <laughs> carbon monoxide and dioxide into the fans that are around it, and uh, and those are really fun events, you know, because there's music going, and the the kids uh, when they see it's an electric car or a truck coming by, they just, they just go wild. They love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, June, how about you? I know you've, you know, uh, what's next for Motorize? Like, what's the future look like for you or more locations for you? What What's the future have in store? Oh, well, I had a second location that sucked, so I closed it. But um, <laughs> no, I think I think for me, my focus is to drive the price down. Uh, obviously, the, the, the lower the price of the vehicles, the more people can afford them. And it, uh, it, it, it drives me nuts to see, uh, you know, low-income families driving low-cost cars that cost more in fuel than they can afford to drive. And so I see uh, electric vehicles as playing a big part in the quality of life and the affordability of uh, personal transportation for a lot of people. And, uh, you know, it's frustrating to, 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 to be selling a product that you know is awesome, but also know that it's out of reach for a lot of people because the cost is extreme. And during 2022, we saw extreme runaway pricing in the entire vehicle market, electric and internal combustion. So 2023 for us has brought back lower priced EVs in the used market and lower priced new EVs. Uh, coupled together with uh, the provincial and federal incentives, it, affordability is the, the word of the year for me for 2023. We hope to see that continue in 2024 as uh, Tesla continues to put pricing pressure on all the other manufacturers, which makes all used and new EVs less expensive. Um, I'm interested to you get both your comments in, in, uh, on this is that I think when people think EVs, they think Tesla, a lot of people do. I should say everybody is probably not to say everybody, but I'm just curious what other options out there. I know you've mentioned a few. Can you guys maybe touch on who else is producing um, what other options are out there and, and what you're seeing maybe doing because you're, you know, you're selling these. What are you seeing? Well, there's probably over a hundred different models now. So, but I mean, when I look out in my parking lot, I've got Volvo, Polestar, Tesla, I've got Leafs, I've got Smart, um, you know, there's Kia and Hyundai and Volkswagen. They all make a whole ton of stuff. Essentially, if you want an SUV or a pickup truck or a sports car or whatever you want, it's probably available in electric and it's probably better and cheaper than you thought. So 
but the, the selection is always changing. So I always tell people, listen, if you're starting at square one, you don't know what you want. You don't right. know where to begin. Just begin with a phone call. What do you drive? I'm curious what you guys drive. I don't own a car. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. You own all the cars. Yeah, that's right. Maybe. <laughs> How about you? Uh, I, uh, we, we, we had, we, as I said, we started off with a leaf and then I, I picked up a, uh, a Tesla Model 3 uh, rear wheel drive uh, for a few years. And then my wife decided she wanted to be able to tow a tent trailer through the US. So we went into a uh, Tesla Model Y uh, all wheel drive and we dragged that trailer 7,000K. We call it the Red Rock Tour, you know, so <laughs> down the West Coast, turn east, you know, hit Page, hit uh, the Grand Canyon, hit Bryce, hit, uh, hit everything. <laughs> Uh, for three weeks and uh, uh, we'd stay in RV parks at night and we were the smallest thing in there with our our little tent trailer Um, but you know we're also you know trucking along down the road at highway speed and passing people on mountains and it was pretty awesome and and uh, probably spent you know less than 30 percent I would have if I was driving uh, that car's equivalent which is a you know like a BMW x3 right yeah Interesting. Um, I'm sure that listeners might have other questions. What's the best way for them to connect with you guys? Um, if, you know, from both sides, what's the best way for them to connect with you guys, either online, social, phone? What's the best way for someone to get a hold of uh, either of you? you well, ahead, yeah, well, for, for, for Victoria EV Association, we're, we're on Facebook. Okay. You can join us up there. Uh, you can go to YouTube, Victoria EV Association. We have um, all sorts of stuff on there back from even just our association meetings, which, you know, we, we, we talk back and forth, but we also do a lot of, we bring in very smart people to talk about different topics, uh, people from industry, people from government, and uh, we get them in to, to uh, give good information and then we hang it on our, on, our, uh, on our YouTube page so people can watch it there. Uh, we're also on Instagram, so uh, we might even be on Got it all covered. <laughs> yeah, we're we're trying to get out there and, and do all that sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, www.victoriaevassociation.ca, and uh, yeah, uh, that's where we're at. Awesome. How about Julian? What's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Or, or uh, I never reply on social media, so don't go there. <laughs> no, just uh, yeah, visit our website, motorized.ca. You can see all our inventory and you can find the contact information to give us a call and speak about any electric vehicle stuff. Or uh, I should say, too, uh, Motorized isn't, we don't just sell EVs. I mean, we do a lot of uh, work directly right. with customers, too. But one of the biggest things that supports our business is buying EVs. So we want our customers to know that they should come here when they want to sell an EV and they should visit us when they want to buy an EV. Love it. Well, thank you for that, adding that in. So, yes, thank you for taking the time to chat today. I know that um, uh, lots of good information. There probably is a lot of question our listeners have. I would say if you have a question, just call, like Julian said, or, you know, Glenn said. Like, I think if you're starting out and never own one, just pick up the phone, and, and I'm sure either will be able to help you kind of uh, maybe put you into the right uh, in the right model and right uh, solution. So uh, thank you guys for both for spending some time with me today and chatting about EVs. No, thanks, Beautiful. Rob. Thanks for having us. No problem. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for tuning into Business Matters. And uh, I guess until next time, keep driving towards a greener future. So thank you for everyone for joining us. Take care, guys. Ciao. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. We would like to thank our sponsor, Island Savings. 
Island Savings, a division of member-owned cooperative First West Credit Union, provides banking, borrowing, and investment services for residents and businesses across Vancouver Island and the Southern Gulf Islands. Island Savings brings innovative products, an extensive branch network, and local decision-making to the banking experience.